It's bonus pod 142. Well, well, well. You found the special toilet with the golden flush. You did. And you it. pulled it. And it sank away. And it revealed the spiral staircase. And you've come down through the dripping wet rocks. Mm-hmm. And you've not been put off. You've yeah. heard the mutterings of correspondence and um, hot takes emanating yep. from the, the depths of the cavern. And you found Pierre and I in. Um, in a cave that we've sort of done up quite nicely. There's sort of bear rugs and a couple of big wooden chests and some uh, tasteful la- lanterns. And, uh, yes. It's all, yeah, it's nice. It's nice down here. It's nice. And, and don't ask about the dripping wet walls because you'll just get us on this long rant about the dehumidifiers we had to buy and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. trying to get it insulated behind the rock face. and It's as damaging you know, as a fire, Pierre. Damp. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's been unbelievable. The, the faff has been unbelievable. Please put your flaming torch in that bucket of sand, by the way, the big red one. Yes. Um, you can light it back up on your way out. <laughs> yes, we, we try yes, not yes. to burn off too much of the oxygen down here. It, it can be a health hazard. Yes, yeah. Um, we'll know where the oxygen has gone when one of the 11-year-old boys with the raw chickens on his fists passes out. <laughs> He's a... Uh, He's our canary. <laughs> he's he's the first, he'll be the first to pass out because he's just so exhausted from raw chicken boxing. Yes, yes, yes. It is. I think it, it counts as H I I T, doesn't it? What's that? What's H I I T? High intensity interval training. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure chicken boxing is one. One of those yeah, intervals, sure. you know, doing it in for intervals, maybe. Sure. Um, I, I'm sure we've discussed this before, but it bears repeating, I think, um, when there is fighting going on, um, and like people, like guys in the crowd are just like waving money and screaming. I like a boxing match. Yeah. And then like, like an underground boxing match. And then a guy walks through the crowd, just taking clumps of money from people and kind of half writing it down. Yeah. 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 A hundred times, a hundred times more stressful for me than the fighting. Well, it's just nonsense. He's just he's just grabbing cash, and he can what he's listening to who they're betting on, how much they're betting on. He's keeping a track of the odds. He's he's recording how much each person has bet on who. It's just not a chance. I just not don't understand chance. how he's and, even doing the maths that quickly, or it's not reliable. They do they know this man? I it it's just very I uh, it's too stressful. That's I'd rather we just watch the bare knuckle boxing and enjoy life and live in the moment, Phil. <laughs> do you think um yep. do you think there's anybody out there who's like uh they got like addicted to gambling through like underground illegal boxing and they they're, they're very anti gambling now but they're still really pro illegal boxing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a fool's game betting. Underground cockfights though. Ah. Yeah. The stuff of kings. <laughs> Yeah, like when they're part of like the baying mob of a kind of illegal blood sport, they're just there, and other people are taking bets, and they just go, <laughs> and they're like rolling their eyes. <laughs> Guys, just just do it for the love of it, for God's sake. It's not everything about money, okay? Screaming, finish him at the ring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah he's constantly just describing Pull his head himself. off. Oh, there's no need to degrade this with bets. Come on, guys. 
Yeah, just going, uh, or like people filming it as well. Like, well, who are you going to show? Just li- just watch it now. <laughs> You're never going to watch that. You're never, fucking kill him. Kill him. You're never going to watch that. Who's that for? Just live in the moment. You can't live life through a screen. Just pull his head off. Kill him. <laughs> You know, the house always wins, right? Like, you're basically fighting against maths itself. Stab him! There's a knife in his boot! Kill him! <laughs> do, you ever, do you think that ever happened to, like, Colosseums in Rome? As If there'd be someone in the crowd, like, chiseling the picture of the fight into a tablet, and someone just going, come on, man, you can't live your life through a tablet. Just be present. Enjoy. You you're never going to look at that. You're never going to look at that. Who are you going to show that mosaic to? <laughs> who are you going to show it to? I don't want to see it. I, I was there. <laughs> Look, at the end of your life, you're not going to be on, on your deathbed going, I wish I'd made more mosaics. <laughs> but you, you're going you're gonna to say, I wish I'd been in the moment. You're not going to say, I wish I'd, I wish I'd stuck more little bits of enamel and glass together to form an image. You're not going to be saying that. No one said that in, the, in all of history, which has been on, going on now for at least a thousand years. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Do you think, um, what's, what is it when someone says, like, you wouldn't say X, Y, Z on your, on your deathbed? When are they wrong? When they're talking to, like, a when brain surgeon or, like, an astronaut? Like, you're not going to be on your deathbed saying, I wish I'd been to the moon more than once. <laughs> when are they wrong? When are they wrong, Phil? That's I, I sometimes feel like they're wrong when they say you're not going to think. I think is it maybe maybe it's a joke in Thirty Rock when um, Alec Baldwin's character, what's his name, Jack Donaghy, he's like mm. on on his deathbed. Well, he thinks he's dying, and someone says to him, "Do you have any regrets?" And he goes, "I wish I'd made more money." Because <laughs> I I kind of don't believe when people say you won't. I mean, obviously, you might say that in the moment, but that's because in that very moment, money doesn't matter very much. But right up to that point, it has mattered a lot. Yeah, and it only doesn't matter now because you're leaving. Yeah, exactly. It's like food doesn't matter very much once you're full, but that doesn't mean it's not important. That's true. No one on their their deathbed says, I wish I'd spent less time eating. (laughs) All those wasted hours. Uh, or sleeping. I mean, that's going to gall me. All the time I spent sleeping when I could have been playing PlayStation. Yeah, sleeping is 50% almost. I can't... Ugh, it's At least a, a third. It's pain in the ass how much when you have to sleep. I, I saw some kind of half-informed article once that was like, oh, oh, we're not really sure why we need to sleep. We just know that we do. And I was just thought, that's not good enough. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help me, article. <laughs> You're an article. You're supposed to give me an answer, not not shrug and smile at me like a wise old janitor. <laughs> no one really knows why. I hate that. We All don't we know really is- know. I hate it when like a popular <laughs> a popular physicist goes on Radio Six Music or something. Yeah. And Lauren Levin goes, so why why is that? And the, the scientist goes, well, you know, Lauren, we don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> I just think, well, piss off then. What's up wasting my time? <laughs> they always and say it as if... We don't really know, Lauren. Ugh. They always say it um, as if we're supposed to find that charming. Yeah, or like we find it interesting that we don't really... Well, we don't really know. It's like, well, well, great. I'm glad I wasted this 10 minutes listening to you. 
I we wanted don't to say really to them, no. Whenever they say that, they go, I don't really know. I always want to say to them, well, I didn't know before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've gained I already, from this. I already didn't know. So you saying that isn't like titillating to me. We don't really know. It also, it kind of panics me because I think like, well, it's okay for me not to know, but you spend your life looking at this. <laughs> this is all you do. And even you don't know. So we're doomed, aren't we? We will never know. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I would have more respect if they just said, we'll never know. We don't really know. We don't really know. Um, sorry, just got to check something here. Mm-hmm, okay. It's also like uh, I've always had a real antipathy towards whenever the news reports that they've discovered uh, uh, an Earth-like planet. Oh, yeah. And they always go, uh, oh, it, it seems it's a similar distance from its star and it has, seems like it might have an oxygen-rich atmosphere. And there's a lot of, you know, mites and maybes already so far. And then they go, and it's only 8,000 light years away. <laughs> and you just, I just want to say, like, well, it may as well be a drawing then. <laughs> oh, so, so angry. You're so angry at the idea that you've been offered this this prompt this prospect and then had it taken away from you. Yeah, they've offered me this lifeboat. <laughs> and they've essentially gone, don't worry, the Titanic is sinking, but there is a lifeboat in Southampton where we left. There's loads more. There's loads. <laughs> it's so, and I know it's the press's fault, not the scientists' fault. The scientists are just reporting on something oh, yeah. that but, they find but, mildly interesting, and the press has just gone... How can we antagonize the public today? We're in the age of might. Mm. We're in the age of of scientific Gargoyles. hypotheses being reported as likelihoods. And yeah. so because everyone needs some to post something that's going to be shared lots. They have, they they go, "Oh, covid might give you a six pack on your dick." It's like, "Wow, have you seen this?" And all that's <laughs> happened is one lunatic's gone, hmm, "Maybe." And now begins a process of peer review. But before that's even done, yeah. uh, the Daily Mirror goes, mm, it might. It might. Oh, there's a chance. Often they just completely just, they just lie about the data. They misinterpret it. And no lab has the funding to sue and say, ah. wrong. They just go, oh, we think it looks like this. And they go, no, that's actually, that, that graph is upside down. And they're just too late. Next day, new new newspaper now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Outrageous, Phil. What? Okay, let's. Uh, we had some feedback from our friend Julian that he likes it when we get spicy. What do we do about public scientist, uh, sci- public science literacy? Public science literacy. Like, I think. I think that oh, this is, might be a return to most uh, totalitarian thought. Yeah, I think that a science subject should be compulsory in school. Like when you start to be able to choose the English philosophy, blah blah blah, blah you have to have a hard science. Yeah, uh, is that already the case? I don't. I think it's it's only Up compulsory to up to a certain. I don't even know if like Maybe you can kind of GCSE. do a combined science GCSE, and that they just kind of smush all the sciences into a blob. I think there should be fewer soft subjects. 
at university level, this is when I started getting real spectator. <laughs> I think there should be fewer soft subjects. I think there should be fewer soft sciences um, and fewer subjects that are about validating opinions or or just giving value to holding an opinion if you can argue it in an abstract way. I think we have... Yeah, I think fewer of those subjects would would be good. I'm I'm okay with those subjects, but I just think that like I'm I'm gonna go, because because even if you make it compulsory at school or even university, Phil, it fades away. What the science? It all fades away, Phil. Uh, but people, m- people forget enough of it lies dormant that you are literate, right? It's literacy yeah, but- that we're going for. Yeah, but only at a uni level. And I find that even I occasionally forget about, you know, correlation or whatever. So I'm going to go even more crazy and propose that there's like one... It's like having to redo your driving license test, which is not a thing, but also should probably be a thing. You One day a year, you have to report and do a fucking GCSE biology exam or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just one day a year, but it never goes away. And it gets you some kind of abstract benefit. It never goes away. You have to say to people when they're born, this is never going to stop. What happens if you fail? Then you have to do two the next year. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I feel confident in saying that I would... There's a ch- good chance I would fail some as well. But I also you know, would like some incentive to, be, to keep my literacy of like... Uh, percentage point increases and statistical stuff you know like people don't seem to understand graphs sometimes like simple graphs what do you think Pierre about the idea of a social media license ooh yeah I I, uh, I'm kind of I'm cautiously in favour to be honest you have to study you have to get a social media license you have to prove that you can differentiate between clear falsehoods and uh, realities you have to dis- you have to display some awareness of hmm of numbers and statistics and how they yeah. work just like basic yeah. statistics there's a question there's a question that's asked you to explain the difference between percentages and percentage points right 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 and like even like something like 1 over 3 is larger than 1 over 4 yeah. Even though the number four is larger than number three. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add an extra layer to that idea, Phil. Mm-hmm. A social media license for people who want to do output. Output? Yeah, so if you want to put things out onto social media, you need the license. Uh, but if you just want to be a consumer, then you just log on, uh, baby. Uh, right, the difference between a passenger and a driver, I guess. Exactly. You're a consumer. You've just got a you you've got your TV license, but you're not making shows, baby. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I like this. I like this. Speaking of which, um I appeared briefly last night on David Badil's new documentary about social media anger and rage. Did you? Were you in the background? Yes, I was just walking behind him. <laughs> I just happened to be in town at the time. Uh, we speak. Um, I spoke to him briefly about the like online harassment and and like at least one threat I got after making a, a Jeremy Corbyn joke on "Have I Got News for You." Look, it's just important to hashtag be nice, Phil, and you know you well, weren't nice, so then people tried to kill you. 
I got in the way of a gentler kind of politics, Pierre, and so what could they do but threaten to hurt me while I was on tour? Oh, my God. Right, okay, that's cool. So you had a little chat about that? Just a brief chat, and just like, and I'm not on for it very much, and the bit of my chat that's in it is more vaguely about... Um, it's about this question of free speech and whether cancel culture is an infringement on free speech. And I say that, you know, not, not by any state-sanctioned way, but you have to think about a loss of free speech in effect. And if there's a chilling effect on people that causes them not to express their honest opinion, then that is in effect a loss of free speech. I, I, I say something to that effect in the show. But it's overall, it's a good, it's a good hour. It's interesting. Uh, I think David makes good uh, documentaries and he's really... He really does like his social media, so he loves it. He, he loves, loves it. it. He loves it. He loves it. He's very engaged. I've only met him once, but he smelt terrific. <laughs> yeah, he smells good. Uh, he smells good for a middle-aged guy, you know. I, lot, I, most middle-aged men would have given up, but uh, old David, <laughs> he he's he's still living the dream. He smells smells, smells nice. Uh, it's on iPlayer now, BBC iPlayer. So check it out. Uh, if you put in David Badil, it'll come up. It's like. Online rage, abuse, yeah. know, social media, something like that. The important thing to remember, and in fact, I, I quoted you the other day to someone, uh, Phil, with regards to these people on Twitter who had sent horrible messages or are trolls or are weirdos or whatever else, unpleasant stuff. You just always need to remember that their lives are unimaginably bad. Oh, awful. <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah, there's a... Look, no one who has the time and will and need to tell someone they've never met who's doing great that they're awful. No one doing that has a good life. No one doing that is busy with things yeah. that give them a sense of purpose. So you have to keep that in mind. These, or you're even, not being told off by people with taste or... It's not like someone who's out there um, partying, you know, curing cancer has taken time to go, oh, this guy's joke was a bit rubbish. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry, folks. The, the cure will have to wait for a minute. I need to let Phil Lang know that this joke was yeah, um, n- not very original. Yeah, so you have to keep that in mind. These people, they're not... If you saw these people in the street, you would cross the street to avoid them and you would not take to heart their screams. <laughs> you know, they would not take to heart what they're saying about you. <laughs> The phrase, you would not take to heart their screams. It's like the title of an album that Ed Gamble would listen to. (laughs) And you would not take to heart their screams. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing, man. That's so good. Yes. uh, Yeah. I mean, you're right. And also just like, even at a milder level, just the fact that some people display this like, addiction to the kind of self-harm urge to just scroll down a thread and find things that make them angry and send hateful messages into the world. I mean, I catch myself doing it sometimes. I'll see a trend, political trend that I really disagree with, and I'll be like, no, God, why is this trending? And I'll click (laughs) it, and I'll be like, I need to stop myself to the point where I go, why are you clicking this? You know these people are out there. Why are you clicking this? (laughs) You know they're out there. You know what they think already. Why are you looking and just like... (laughs) <laughs> just just delicately putting your own pinky finger down the end of your own cock why are you doing that stop stop it do something with your day you know trolling 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 
Trolling, 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 trolling. 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 Trolling, 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 trolling. You would not take to heart their screams. You didn't like my sitcom. I don't care. David Padil. Tell someone who cares. David Padil. David Padil. David Padil. David Padil. Hashtag be kind. There's um there's a great bit of um, Aisha Takandi who's brilliant. Uh, she's mm. in she appears uh, in in the documentary, and she talks about like cancel culture and social media rage as the revenge. I think she calls it the re- the revenge of the losers. Interesting. And it's about all these people who have always been losers in life and have had no control, and suddenly they have this device by which they can bring down people who they've seen they see as doing better themselves. Uh, and it's like people who have been bullied now have this opportunity to be the bullies and you have to keep in mind that's yeah. a lot of it too yes the 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 bullied the bullied becomes the bully dynamic is is strong online that's for sure yeah you either die um... you either die a bullied or live long enough <laughs> to see yourself become a bully you either die from losing all your lunch money, Phil, and starving to death. <laughs> um, this is only tangentially relevant, but in terms of like the mob, I, I always remember learning at school about um, the English Civil War when they executed Charles I. Mm-hmm. And they chopped off his head in front of everyone. Um, and obviously a big deal because, you know, they had the kind of idea of the divine right of kings and the idea that you could even kill a king was sort of mad. Yeah. And um, apparently when he did it and they chopped off his head and there's all blood everywhere, the mob, members of the mob would sort of rush forward and they were dipping their hankies in the, his blood. Yeah. It's like keepsakes and... Oh, gnarly. Yeah. And this was still a time where they thought that you could cure scrofula if you were a king by just touching someone's head with your hand and stuff. Oh great! So they thought it was like unlimited paracetamol. They were they were they were, <laughs> they were taking. They th- they thought there was it was finally a chance, um, Phil, to disrupt the kingly healing market with their own magic blood. <laughs> they what's were the original scrapula? Uber. Yeah. <laughs> what's scrapula? Um, if you could dip your, uh, <laughs> this is a good question, Phil. If you could dip your handkerchief in the blood of any executed celebrity <laughs> for magic and luck reasons, who would it be? Am I picking a celebrity to execute or do I have to choose an already executed celebrity? Because there aren't many, I have to say, of the second yeah, that category. You will end up just picking a historical figure. Let's say that for reasons beyond your control, someone else is unfortunately executing a celebrity. Okay. <laughs> So there's no blame on you for this. You're just in the mob. A single tear rolls down your cheek. You know. Oh, I think one of the Teletubbies. <laughs> there's no way that blood doesn't have magic powers. No way. You're telling me you're going to decapitate Poe and that blood's not going to give you something? Fuck off. That blood You'd- is magic. <laughs> 
<laughs> You'd have to run up and get some of it on your handkerchief, if only to take it to a lab for some testing. Yeah. Yeah. Tubby, yes, please. I'm going to grab some of that. <laughs> Say eh oh and bye-bye, and then I'm off to the lab. Eh oh uh, endless life, baby. <laughs> me lapping up Poe's blood. Say eh oh to the new me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, that's um that's what the executioner says to the teletubby before he brings the guillotine down when you get to when you get to hell say uh oh to the devil <laughs> Shum. <laughs> time for final tubby bye-bye absolutely <laughs> do you think um now nowadays tubby bye bye would count as fat shaming the teletubbies oh yeah probably or would they do a gritty reboot and have them as the telefatties well i mean in the tubby in the tubby verse um yes. of course that because they have tv screens on their belly which presumably must confer greater social currency to those with a bigger belly and hence a wider screen Ah, I like this. Yes, this so is maybe good sci-fi stuff. It's actually really, it's a body positive species, the Teletubbies, because the bigger the belly, the wider the screen to watch um, a VT of some kids in a playground doing something. Yeah, that's it. Yes, yeah. that must be it. Yeah. They can see more details about the kids' lives or whatever. Yeah. Higher definition, creepy. more pixels. What a creepy bunch. Yeah, a creepy bunch. They're a creepy bunch. Um, well, Phil, I'm excited to tell you that we have some of our, f- not our first, but some of our first prestige priority correspondence. Ring, ring. Letters, keep emails, 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 phone Correspondence. Premium. Correspondence. Welcome to Correspondence Premium. Correspondence yes. without the ads. No ads. No additives. Just pure, pure, fresh correspondence. Just pure from the teat. Organic, minimal intervention correspondence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Farm to table. (laughs) Fart to to table, yeah. Fart to toilet. It's it's fart to toilet stuff. (laughs) It's ass-fed fart to toilet. (laughs) God's sake. Um, <laughs> ass fed it's ass fed um, so it's from Sal and I'm going to read out his he, he initially contacted us through the Patreon page but um, he sent us a kind of full email Sal our good pal yeah I like the name Sal it's it's cool, cool yeah I mean that's a very West Side Story that's very Godfather my buddy Sal. Sal yeah so he says a founding father gets in touch hello buds um uh, he says, uh, there is a song about or inspired by Louis XIV. It's called Sun King, and it's on the album Sonic Temple by The Cult. Oh, okay. So not The Beatles. Mm. Uh, point number two. In the Patreon banner, Phil looks like a pressed fairy image from Lady Cottingham's book. I think he means me. I think I look like a pressed fairy. Oh, okay. What's a pressed fairy? So I think he means a book where it's like um, they've caught a load of fairies and smushed them in a book like ah. you would do with leaves. Yes, and yes, I yes. look a lot more like that than you. You look contemplative, whereas I look smushed. Could it be, Pierre, that there are some people, there's some bud pods who are still not sure who is who? 
Ooh, it's interesting. But then in point number three, he gets he gets you right. He says, Phil, please do buy new toilet brushes. Yes, but that's just from audio, right? I mean, I mean, speaking yeah. like in terms of appearance. But then we talk about me being Asian and you being South African, and there's not much ambiguity there if you look if you were to look at us. Maybe Phil doesn't see Phil. I'm I'm doing it now. Maybe Sal doesn't see race. <laughs> oh, Sal is a much more advanced being than us. I'm afraid. That's right. Uh, and then he says, "What's the best way to send a file attachment? Not a photo or anything nasty." Okay, thank you, founding father. Um, so. Uh, I told him to send it to the email. And uh, so now we have the email from Sal and the title subject line is Merry Christmas and a happy poo year from a tat whisperer. Great. Oh, a tat whisperer. Thank you so much. That's the highest level. Yeah. He's a tat whisperer. He's he's the highest level of prestige. Gosh, the most prestigious podbud. Yeah. And not just a, a Merry Christmas and a happy poo year, but a... A hairy shit ass and a crappy poo smear. <laughs> so, uh, he says, Dear Buds, I accidentally typed bapood in your email address. Big surprise. Uh, Sal says, I was a founding farter, but I have upgraded to Tat Whisperer. Thank you very much. Oh, brilliant. Very, very kind of you, Sal. Thank you. Glad um, to have earned the upgrade. Yes. He says, uh, please find attached my Christmas gift to you, a file called bumbumtestinfographic.pdf. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a splendid gift, I bet. Hopefully it will help avoid a repeat of the debacle Phil described in an early episode of the pod. This document is included in the Fecal Immunochemical Test, FIT package, that was created by Ontario Health's Cancer Care Ontario program in Canada. Okay. In the French version, step five says, Faites vos selles. Google tells me that translation is, Do your bowel movements. Do them. Do them. That seems more dignified to me than English step five. That's good, isn't it? Faites vos selles. What is English step five? English step five. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to make you guess, because you're a tat whisperer and so is Sal, so I'm going to make you guess. So in English, step five is is uh no in, in french sorry it's it's uh fait vosel as in the do your things do your bowel movements it's quite you know it's tasteful isn't it it's tasteful yeah um i can give you some more information it's it's a visual pdf it's a visual diagram mm-hmm. so step one is check your date of birth and your name okay right? on the little um on the little sampler Okay. Step step two is write. You write, write. in your info. Just write a short write story. The, you write the date and a little poem, maybe. Yeah. Step three: P and flush. P and flush. Okay. Step four: prepare. Not into the, right. Okay. So you you're peeing. You want to get the pee out of the way. Is that it? Yeah. Get your okay. peas done before your poops. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and then step four, you should recognize this stage, Phil, is prepare, and it's some sort of sheet being laid in the bowl. Uh-huh, I'm, uh, yep, I'm very familiar with this step. And now we're on to the crucial step five, and again in French it says, fait vos selles, do your, do your stuff, do your bowel movements. But step five in English is? Um, uh, execute. 
um, cruder than that? Shit. It just, step five just says poop. Poo. Great. Poop. It just says it just says poop, and there is a turd that has suddenly appeared in the diagram. <laughs> yes, it's a it's a great it's a wonderful com, compact language. Oh, um, it is. Yeah, I might upload the image to the um to the Patreon so you guys can see it. Uh, Sal goes on. The funny thing about this document is imagining being on the team that created it. Yeah, just saying like, well, how do we say this? Like, I don't know, just poop, just poop. <laughs> Of course, the the French version has to be a bit more aloof, a bit more louche, a bit more mm, do your thing. Yes, yeah, a little bit, a little bit more jazzy. Boof, do your thing. Boof. Step three: and... have a cigarette. <laughs> Whereas Step English four: boo, do a boo. <laughs> no, <I'll> do a boo. <laughs> Why should you do a boo? We don't actually know. We don't actually know. We don't actually know. <laughs> I would have liked to be there for the five-hour debate in the meeting room about whether or not to put an exclamation mark after poop. <laughs> poop! I just make, think it makes us look unserious. I know it adds urgency, but to what end? <laughs> the bum end. Yeah, the bum end. Uh, Sal says, just received the results of my own bum-bum test, and I'm okay, thank you. That's very good to hear, Sal. Oh, great, excellent. Um, here is another gift, a very bad joke I just made up. This is like our own Christmas cracker joke that Sal's got for us, Phil. Oh, great. Um, what is Bud Pod's mascot? Or, if you are Lin-Manuel Miranda, your spirit animal. Okay, so the same answer applies to both. Yeah, it's basically, what is Bud Pod's mascot? But he's saying Lin-Manuel Miranda is the kind of person who would say spirit animal instead of mascot. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What is so, yeah, Bud what's, what's Bud Pod's mascot? The Pooth Fairy. A poodle, Phil. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's good, solid stuff. <laughs> it is, and if it's not, get a test. <laughs> And uh, Sal says, may all your pigs and blankets be integer sausages. Koji Sal. Oh, thank you. And uh, integer Lovely. sausages to you and yours as well. Integer sausages to you and yours. Um, and we have one last little bit of correspondence, and it's from John. John. Good name for a toilet-based podcast. Yes, it is. Uh John says, good day to you, sirs. I sent this correspondence as an email quite a while ago, but that's no protection. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing it slipped through the butt cracks, but I thought it was <laughs> <laughs> worthy of your attention, especially now that I'm a paying pooper, so here it is again. Um, entirely fair. Entirely correct. Dear Dill and Gruyere. Very nice. Dill and Gruyere. So Dill Flavors. the herb and Gruyere the cheese. Yeah. Yep. Um... Thank you for keeping me chuckling through these most depressing of times. I'm not a founding farter, but stumbled across this fabulous fecal festival a mere month ago and made it all the way to the present. Oh, I do now consider myself a man of the brackets touching, close brackets, cloth. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> I like that a lot. Having completely caught up now to episode 88, I'm glad to hear you're doing another correspondent special. Um, uh, quite frankly, getting sick of all your poo political chat. I didn't come here for your far shite propaganda. Very nice. <laughs> if I, well, if I really wanted committed. to hear that, yes. If I wanted to hear that, I'd go to Bright Chart. He's, he's going all in on this. <laughs> shite chart, Jolly. 
I think at that point it'd be impossible to know what he's actually referencing. Yeah, it would just be someone just going boo 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 boo, <laughs> like a Pokemon called Poo, just its own name. <laughs> he says, "I have a great many stories I could bestow upon you and your surprisingly eloquent army of pant-shitting drunken delinquents, but I've chosen to start with this one as I feel there is a great imbalance at play between the forces of poop and bath." <laughs> okay. Yeah. Many moons ago, when I was but a chubby, sweaty, pink-fringed emo abomination of a teenager. No. Harsh words, but we have to assume you know best, John. Um, I had a peculiar phenomenon that would occur whenever I partook in binge drinking, which was often. Mm -hmm. Unlike the uh, most of your aforementioned followers, the curse that plagued me was not an affliction of the sphincter, but of the esophagus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I've been through my vomity period, sure. At the time, I was a social smoker on any occasion where I was mm -hmm. intoxicated. However, the combination of me drinking copious amounts of Jack and Coke and smoking cigarettes always brought on an inexplicable gag reflex that caused me to blow a soggy fireworks display of food and drink out of my mouth. Yeah, I'm feeling nauseous even just listening to that. <laughs> to the point that when I was lighting my first one of the evening, I would often go and stand in the toilet cubicle and light it. So Gosh. as to save whatever dignity I had that I somehow genuinely believed existed. That is very efficient and sinister. Yeah, like, knowing that's going to happen, but still, like, I need this smoke. I need this poisonous um, stink stick. Stinky old poison stick that makes me sick immediately. I need it. <laughs> In spite of this rather disgusting side effect, I persisted with my endeavors for several years. My God. Gosh, yeah. In fact, once I'd done the deed, I always felt really refreshed and ready to go out again. Yeah, that's true, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Straight back to the bar to wash out the foul taste and to go top up my newly voided stomach. Ugh. Mm. Ghastly um, stuff. One fateful evening, I was at a club we frequented every Friday. My friend was a DJ, so a group of us were always inside before it opened. Oh. Mm. Ambassador. No stranger to the VIP area. Ah, exclusive. We had partaken in our usual pre-club pre ritual of drinking close to half a bottle of vodka, where we graciously... <laughs> before we graciously descended upon the town. So we're already appropriately shit-faced. My friend swiftly rushed to the bar to order some aftershocks. Oh. What are aftershocks? Aftershocks, those like brightly coloured, super sweet, sour booze shots. Mm. Ugh. I lit my first cigarette of the evening and threw back a double of the potent red poison that my friend had blessed me with. I took a second drag, and there it was, the feeling. The moment I exhaled, I immediately felt my entire mouth flood with saliva. Yep, yep, yep. The levy had broken. Very bold to know that that happens. Do a shot and then smoke. Mm. I turned around from my spot at the bar and immediately unleashed a wave of puke all up the side of the DJ booth that my friend had the pleasure of standing in for the next six hours. Oh. <laughs> well, the DJ had to stand in it. Well, it's the DJ booth. I guess it was on the wall, right? Or on the side, yeah. Awful, 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 awful. I would just refuse to play if I was the DJ. I'd be like, yeah. I'm playing James Blunt until someone cleans this up. <laughs> it's Ed Sheeran all the way until someone cleans this shit up right now. Just, goodbye, my lover. Just on a loop. <laughs> until someone hoovers up the sick lumps. Um... But it wasn't over far from it. I turned around and ran to the bathroom door, which was only around the corner, but to my horror, and that of anyone else unfortunate enough to be in the club by this early stage, the door was boarded up while they refurbished it. Wow. I span and dashed 
to the next facility, which was at the uh, bottom of a flight of stairs. As I began my descent down the stairs, I felt wave number two making its presence known. I instinctively cupped my hands over my mouth in an attempt to prevent it from happening before I made it to the bathroom. This was to be my fatal blow. Instead of my intended outcome, which was to create an impenetrable barrier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's always your, that's also how you think it'll go. Never works. You, you've just made a finger colander. <laughs> you've made a hose uh, uh, end piece. Yeah. I merely created a fleshy backsplash. Yep. As I ran down the stairs at full pelt, a tsunami of my own making spewed into my palms and pelted me at full force in the face, blinding me and sending a current of chunder down my torso and all the way down the front of my new three-quarter length skate shorts. (laughs) God, that dates it. That's good stuff. Finally coating my relatively new and as-yet-vomit-free trainers. Awful. Oh, poor guy. I blindly fumbled my way downstairs, trying desperately not to fall down the, uh, them due to the slip-and-slide element. Yes. Ugh. I got to the bathroom, only to be greeted by wave three violently crashing against the door. Bloody Good hell. Lord, man. Did you have a full seven-course meal at a sumptuous restaurant before you went out? Good Lord. It's had a COVID pandemic with this guy. How many waves yeah. is he going to go through? Once inside, much to my despair, I found that the only cubicle was occupied, so wave three continued into the urinal for a short while. Jesus. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. This is too much. The gentleman who'd been in the cubicle rushed out as quickly as he could and seemingly forgot to flush the toilet and rid the world of the gigantic food baby he'd just birthed. Oh my god, this place is feral, fetid. Perhaps unsurprisingly, this was the cue for wave number four. Jesus. Oh my god. This is like yes. this is like Team America. This this is like Team America, and also the idea that like after all this suffering and three waves, he rushes into the only cubicle to be confronted with a huge plop. <laughs> what an awful, awful revelation! Now his email. Oh, his email kind of cuts short here. Let me see if I can find the real one. It's quite sinister. He says, "I'm not quite sure about what I'd eaten that day, but there was enough of it, and that can't be the end." But there was enough of it. There was, enough, sure of was it. enough of it. <laughs> I don't know what I didn't, but there was enough of it. It's it's it doesn't fit with the tone. Where is well, he? Well, I, I yeah, I, I'm not sure if I could take any more of that terrible day. I can't imagine. I can't imagine there was a wave so five. I'm, wave I'm, five I'm would just glad, be. Your, I'm sort of relieved that email has ended like the Sopranos. Wave five would just be your own organs, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, fucking hell. <laughs> Oh, here we are. I know I found it now. Ah. Um, God, it, re- it does go on a bit more. I'll, I'll try and summarize it, because we're overrunning. Yeah. Um, so he's projecting... Uh, he's projectile vomiting on top of the uh, the poop. <sighs> yeah. Uh, while trying to do so at an angle that wouldn't cause his newborn to jump out of the porcelain bassinet and give me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. Oh, that is vivid, revolting, and disgusting. Brilliant. I um, hate this. I, yeah, it's good though, but I hate <laughs> it as well. I finished up and washed my face as best I could, removing any chunks of barf out of my eyebrows and fringe, <sighs> and scraping off as much as possible from my sodden garments. You've just turned inside out. Fucking hell! The club has only been open for five minutes, and I've drenched myself in bile. Is this the worst night of my life? I thought to myself, edging back towards the door. And, into a room full of people who just witnessed me washing my own face in bodily fluids. 
Much to my surprise, I opened the door to be greeted by one of the best sights I'd ever laid eyes on. Huh? My night was saved. Standing there at the bottom of the stairs, with a face of sheer disgust, confusion, and anger, was a girl I'd went to school with. Mm Hmm? Or maybe who I did at that time go to school with. It's unclear. And had been an absolute weapons-grade cunt to me on a daily basis, because I was the only person in my year with long hair who listened to rock music. (laughs) In her hands, Phil, a mop. Oh, she worked there. She was about to suffer at this man's hands. Well, Um, she's sure to like him now. Well, she's sure to like him now, as will anyone else who works in that establishment. Good Lord. Good Lord. Um, He says it's one of his fondest memories some 16 years later. Anyway, thanks again for brightening up my lockdown, although I'm pretty sure I need therapy to remove the mental image of a woman shitting in her own vagina. Koji? Um... Yes, well, you've supplanted that terrible image with a new one, I have to say, vomiting into vomiting into a toilet already full of shit. The Surf and Turf, I think it's called, in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that, and I'm delighted and um, uh, appalled. <laughs> well, um, um, that's, that's it for us, uh, uh, bonus uh, pod people. Um, if you know anyone who has yet to become a patron, do... You, uh, lure them into the VIP area with promise of this sort of uh, fun gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, do come on in. The cave is warm. The cave is warm. And in fact, that's another one of the problems with the damp. Yeah, um, it gets too humid. It stuffy. does get too It is humid down here, but it's nice. Um, good luck, everyone, with Omicron, and we will talk to you next week. See you. Best of luck. Bye-bye. Bye.